The World on Fire, Chapter 2 The Plan Was Not to Plan Broken plans seem to be the hallmark of the Welsh Revival. Just weeks before it broke out in his home church in Lofor, Evan had planned campaigns throughout Wales with his brother Dan and a friend named Sidney Evans. Quickly, he discovered that the Spirit had another plan, and his plans were much better. Evans soon developed a healthy fear of man's planning and organization in the midst of revival. This is not to imply that leadership and organization are not at times needed in the church, but when the Spirit is doing something new and fresh, the greatest gift is not knowing how to lead, but knowing how to follow. The attempts at organization during the Welsh Revival all proved futile and at times a hindrance to the true work. It seems that every time the Spirit wants to move in a creative way, He still has to find those who are formless and void. Those with the humility that comes from knowing they do not have the answers, which stimulates a holy desperation for God in them, these seem to be the only ones who can ever be responsive to the Lord when He wants to do a new thing. Evan Roberts refused to follow his meetings or visits to a city to be announced until a day or two before he was to arrive. Even then, he would only say that he hoped to be at a certain place at a certain time. As the Lord Jesus explained to Nicodemus, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from or where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. The workers in the Welsh Revival came to understand that the Lord meant this literally. Finally, they did not try to figure out where the Spirit was going next. They only tried to stay close enough to hear the sound of it. The workers came to abhor the presumption that the Spirit would automatically go with them and bless their own plans. They knew that the Spirit did not follow them but that they must follow the Spirit. It is noteworthy that many who have tried to duplicate this kind of ministry style succumbed to spiritual delusions or have even suffered the shipwreck of their faith. Even the apostles to the early church often planned their missionary journeys and would announce their impending visits months ahead of time. Yet they always remained open for the Lord to change their plans. Nevertheless, the apostles could not always keep their intentions to visit a city, as with Paul's attempts to revisit the Corinthians. The point is that our renewed minds are not in conflict with the Holy Spirit. The Lord did not lead the apostles around by the hand. He sent them. They made many of their own decisions because they had His mind. But because they were always growing and maturing, they did not always make the right decisions. At times, 
the Lord would correct their course with an intervention of divine guidance through a dream, a vision, or a prophet. We must labor with the spiritual wisdom that has been given to us, but always be open for the Lord to intervene and change our plans. During times of a dynamic outpouring of the Holy Spirit, such as the Welsh Revival, the Lord can only use those who will yield themselves completely to Him in order that He might do something entirely new. It seems that in every city the Apostle Paul visited, the Holy Spirit moved differently than in the previous ones. Paul moved with vision, strategy, and decisiveness, but with a finely tuned sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and the willingness to yield to a different plan. Many of the great missionary ventures in church history, such as William Booth's Salvation Army, they were planned over many years, and they generally followed the plan. Those who might have worked with some of these missionary ventures would probably scorn the lack of organization of the Welsh Revival. Likewise, those who were a part of the Welsh Revival would almost certainly reject the seeming over-dependence on organization that such missionary societies had. A great tribute to General Booth was that he visited the Welsh Revival observed that it was functioning in almost the opposite manner in which he ran the Salvation Army and was still able to recognize that it was God and should not be tampered with. He then went back and continued to run the army just the way he had been, recognizing that God employs different strategies for different places or different purposes. We must realize that the God who makes every snowflake different seldom moves the same way twice. It is His nature to be creative and diverse. There are lessons for the whole church in the way the Lord moved in Wales. Likewise, there are lessons for us all in the way that He moved through the Salvation Army in its early years. The Welsh Revival actually died because it took the fear of organization and fear of human in intervention too far. Likewise, the Salvation Army, though still a large organization and doing many good works, is spiritually only a shell of its former glory because the organization was not flexible enough to hold new wine. Seek the wine, not the wineskin. Those who have tried to duplicate the original glory of the Salvation Army have, for the most part, failed. Those who have tried to duplicate the Welsh Revival have often become pitiful caricatures of the original revivalists. There does not seem to be a single example in church history where a wineskin of church organization was built before the new wine of revival was given. This does not necessarily mean that it cannot be done, just that it has not yet been done and does seem to be most improbable. Those who have tried to build the wineskin first have often found themselves out of step 
and unable to receive the new wine when it came. The Lord has never restricted himself to move by any predetermined formula. There is one quality common in those who have been mightily used by the Holy Spirit. They were able to hear the sound of the Holy Spirit moving and were willing to move the way that he wanted for that time and place. The lessons of this great revival are critically important for the last day church to understand because she will see the greatest harvest of all. As the Lord Jesus testified, the harvest is the end of the age. The important lessons of the Welsh revival must be combined with the knowledge of many different ways that the Lord has chosen to move in other places and at other times if they are to be properly understood. All of this knowledge must be received with the humility to comprehend that we cannot know or understand all that can be known or understood about the way God moves. We must remain open for Him to act in ways that we do not understand or have not heard of before. Evan Roberts greatly feared man's planning and organization, and that made him a fit vessel for what the Lord wanted to do in Wales in 1904. When the campaign was finally organized for his visit to Liverpool, it was a good example of Evan's uncompromising commitment to walk in the way that he understood. The committee pressed him to state a definite time when he would come. He refused to do it. When he did eventually go, he gave the committee only four days warning that he was coming. Even then, Though 100,000 Welsh people in that English city were longing and waiting to hear him, he insisted that he could not know in which of the crowded chapels he would speak at a given time. Dan Roberts and Sidney Evans had both just turned 20 when the revival broke out, but they were used to reap a mighty harvest. They followed the same procedure as Evan, they sought the Lord daily for His will, and they went where He told them to go. They knew that apart from the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, they would accomplish nothing. When they arrived in a place, sometimes they preached, sometimes they did not. Sometimes they kept silent during the entire service, which often lasted for four or five hours. <laughs> 